Hi all, Andy Clark here. Strange times indeed, as you all know, of course. Um, I thought it would be good to talk to uh, Vasya Sarantopoulou. She is a psychologist and I've spoken to her a number of times previously in the podcast. She is from uh, antiloneliness.com. You can check her website out there. Um, of course, we're going to talk about uh, the coronavirus and uh, what you can do to try and help your mental well-being during this uh, shutdown period when we're all at home and uh, waiting for things to get back to normal. Uh, things are going to be like this for a while, it seems, so we all have to make the best of it. Uh, so I thought I would link up with Vasya and we talked uh, via Zoom, so the audio quality is a little bit less than you would normally expect. But out of safety reasons, we decided to uh, speak remotely rather than face to face. Um, here it is, lots of good tips and there are lots of links in the show notes as well, so have a look there too. Uh, stuff to help you with uh, staying sane and healthy in these crazy, crazy times. Um, I would like to start by, first of all, before we're going into the tips, explaining what is the emotional impact of what we are experiencing right now. Okay. Um, as you said, indeed, it's overwhelming. Um, we hear news, scary news, every day, Whenever we switch on the TV or the radio or internet or Facebook, we just hear about more deaths, about more restrictions, about more regulations. And uh, one of the main things we're feeling, of course, is fear. Mm -hmm. Fear of what's about to come. Yeah. Um, fear of the uncertainty. You know, our brain is not meant to live in uncertainty. So we're trying to figure out uh, how we can bring more safety and more control and that's why we're reading the news all the time so that we can make sense out of it um, but let's face it these months is are going to be months of uncertainty and our best skill that we learn from this period would be how to deal with uncertainty and how to accept that we can control and we we can be aware of that many things not everything but only an amount of, of things surrounding us. And, and how bad for us is uncertainty then? Um, how bad, you said? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not bad, but we're not wired for that. We mm. want to uh, bring control. We want to know what's going to happen tomorrow. We want to know when we're going to go for holidays. We want to know uh, how much money we're going to get at the end of the month. We want to know. Uh, so that we can plan. And and I think the uncertainty is a little bit of an illusion. Uh, the, the certainty is a little bit of an illusion because we think that we have safety and certainty, but we don't. We have only up to a human degree certainty. The rest is unknown. And there's a lot of amount of information, a lot of amount of um, um, experiences and feelings and things to come in the future that we don't know and we cannot control. That, and that's and, always that's always the case, but now yeah. it, it seems that's kind of amplified hugely. And and, and so oh, yeah. so what kind of I mean then so this uncertainty then we have this kind of maybe false certainty like you say normally mm. normally mm -hmm. but now we're kind of we, we're trying to impose our feeling of normal certainty on this situation and that mm. is that can be very frustrating. I mean, what kind of effects can that have on us? Now you said it's not bad, but you know we can get frustrated and maybe start doing weird things. I mean, what what sort of effects can that have on us? Uh, of course, it can be very scary and frustrating. 
Um, at the same time, we can easily go into a, uh, a negative downward spiral when we start catastrophizing, thinking about negative scenarios, the worst case scenarios, um, thinking about us dying, thinking about our people, our close people dying. Um, so in a, in a deeper level, there's a fear of death as well here that touches everybody during this period. Mm. And, um, and actually, I would say that it's not only fear to die, but uh, taking into account the circumstances, the isolation that we're in, we're even worse thinking to die alone. Because we know that we cannot visit our parents, we cannot visit our family, they cannot visit us back, we cannot go into hospitals, visit somebody else. So I think that's another even more painful fear mm. that we're having and we're worrying about our loved ones and uh, something happened and we're not going to be there next to them. And that, that's something that's playing the whole time then subconsciously mm. for us, do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Together, of course, with all the other, let's say, minor griefs that we are experiencing. Meanwhile, mm. the grief uh, of all the plans that got cancelled, trips, yeah. graduations, weddings, uh, all the things that we have actually expected and have expected them as normal and taking them for granted are not happening. And we are experiencing the loss of these plans as well. Yeah, our template has been taken away, hasn't it? So now we're, Absolutely. we're left Absolutely. kind of swimming around thinking what to do and how to cope with things. So, I mean, do you have any mm. concrete tips then in, in dealing with the news then? I mean, like you said, people have the tendency to want to have control and then consume as much news as possible. Is it better then to limit your consumption of news or to develop a sort of regime in how you do that? I would say the second is far better. I mean, we need to give our blood pressure a break. Eh? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we cannot be exposed to news 24-7. Uh, we need a break from that and we need to have other kind of conversations and not only about the news and about all the scary scenarios around us. Uh, so I would definitely say limit the exposure to news uh, because it's, sometimes it's just similar conversations on repeat and we don't need that repeti repetitive, let's say, news. Mm. Uh, we need to structure a day so that we know when it's best for us to listen to the news, maybe once in the morning and once in the evening. And that's it. The rest can wait. The rest is about uh, our life. The rest is about our connections and about our family. Yeah. It's about us taking care of ourselves. Mm. And I think that's another important lesson, let's say, from this period, which is how we take care of our connections. Uh, and we need to stay connected. This isolation is not social isolation, social distancing. It's only physical distancing. The rest, we can maintain it. Um, stay connected with the colleagues, with our family. Don't talk only about the pandemic, but also uh, share other insights, other experiences from your life. Um, if we are tuned in and we're watching TV or we're uh, logged in all the time, we can watch programs that also lift our spirit, not only bad news. Um, also regarding... Uh, our life, how it is right now, because I know many people work from home. Yeah, yeah. And um, the trap is that we can easily confuse work life with home life. Mm. 
Mm. And we work and at the same time we are with our family and at the same time we feel guilty that we're not working. Um, so I would say again, uh, setting a more structured routine would help so that we and our the people that live with us, they know what time we work and that what time we spend with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, in order for us to create a more psychological separation between work between work and home, um, let's also find some tricks. Let's be creative how we can separate it. So if you are working and you are at home, uh, you can wear different clothes than when you stop working and you are in your home life. Okay, that like, would really help then. Yeah, like creating some physical separation. Yeah. Now work is done. Now okay. I'm home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Is this something you do? Uh, yeah, I try to. I try to. When I'm doing my sessions, I'm doing my. I'm work wearing my sessions clothes, um, even though I'm not going anywhere. I'm still wearing my professional, let's say, attire. Yeah. And that has a psychological impact then, the kind of physical act of, of changing into business clothes and does create some sort of separation. It changes our mood a little bit. Uh, you know, we, are, we, we not only we're separating work and life, but also changing our mood. We are, we're feeling like we're not couch potatoes uh, all day long. Yeah, yeah. Is it can it also lead to a sort of inaction? You know, being at home and having no barriers between work and and private life that you, people kind of then start to put everything off. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one scenario that uh, because there's no boundary anymore, there's no you know uh, alarm that we need to uh, uh, hit off and then prepare and go to work. Uh, one scenario is that we let everything lose, be loose. Uh, there's no structure, there's no routine. We will work when, uh, whenever we will feel ready. Um, and this whenever tends to be procrastinated. Um, and the other scenario that I've also heard very often is that people work um, all day long. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no barrier also to stop them. Like everybody leaves and they go home and they go in the parking and they take the car and they arrive home. Yeah. No, there's no such ritual as well. So there are also people that they work all day long just because they can. Mm, mm. And that's a danger, of course, to your mental health in the, in the long of run. Of course, of course, of course. We need to keep this, this uh, structure. We're not only human beings that they're working all day long. We have other aspects and other sides of us that they also need to be nourished and seen and, and um, expressed throughout the day, uh, such as getting creative, such as um, uh, moving our body, yeah, yeah. exercising. That's, that's another thing that we can also do. Go out, have a walk, um, uh, pump up a little bit, some endorphins. Uh, otherwise, it can be very claustrophobic and overwhelming to stay in the house and at the same time with the feeling of uh, we're not doing anything yeah. And feeling restless. And turn into a mental couch potato. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's yeah, a danger, yeah, yeah. I guess. Okay, those are two good tips then. And so, so avoid the live blogs and the continual twenty-four-seven news uh, uh, f- uh, footage because that can sort of, you know, just be overwhelming. Uh, mm-hmm. Create times to do that, and then have a kind of a work uh, routine at home. You know, including 
dressing in your work clothes and and having a close uh, having a real uh, separation between work and, and non-work so that's good and um, so people are at home now let's talk a little bit about relationships i mean that's a, can be a difficult one uh, all of a sudden uh, partners are together 24/7 and families mm-hmm. are together with children 24/7 what are some of the things to look out for there yeah um first of all before we go into um the normal relationships i would also like to point out that this period is a very dangerous period for people that they are their survivors survivors uh, of uh, domestic violence mm. uh, especially when people are still residing with their abuser at home. Yeah. Um, these people cannot escape the toxic environment and the toxic family situation that they're in. Uh, and that's why the domestic violence incidents have increased in mm. many countries that I'm reading about uh, nowadays. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's something that we also need to, to discuss here and maybe people can get more measures regarding families that they're going through uh, such situations uh, and provide maybe some uh, helpline or, I don't know, some number, email that these people can, men or women, uh, can contact when they are in danger. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Regarding the rest of the relationships, um, of course, there's a, a turbulence. Uh, things that we had until recently are not there anymore. Uh, so a month ago, we could uh, escape the bickering uh, between the couple and just go to the gym or work more hours or just go out for a walk or meet friends. But now this is not an option. Yeah. Um, so, um, of course, people being crammed in a house, it's not the best situation. But uh, what research has shown is that the coping-oriented couples they survive better uh, through situations like that. And what I mean with coping, um, in coping oriented, instead of focusing on the problem and the problematic situation and, and the things that we cannot change, focus on things that we can change. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, here we need some consistent guidelines so that we can, the couple can come together and discuss what do they need from this situation, from this um, relationships so that they can make it through this isolation. Uh, it's important to talk about needs uh, because each one may need different things. And one of the things that uh, usually couples need when they are in isolation, um, it's distance and personal space. Yeah. So we need to respect that and we need to give each other some personal space knowing that there's limited space uh, already, but at least let's create some. Um, and how would that look like? What? How would that? Uh, is that literally going to a different room for a while and reading a book and or watching a series on your own for a while? Yeah, or? yeah. Accepting that we can have different activities or be in different different rooms, and still that doesn't mean anything about the relationship. It means that we respect each other and that we give each other space. Mm. Uh, we don't need to um, uh, immediately assume that this means rejection, or that means that we cannot get along, or that means that probably we would be better off without each other. Yeah. Is, is that something people find easy to do, though, or is it something they find difficult to do? Uh, I wouldn't say that it's easy. It's starting to be more accepted and more easy. 
But generally what I see is that uh, coming from our background, our families, it, we believe that since we're a couple, we are meant to do everything together. Yeah. Uh, but that's our parents' beliefs. That's not ours anymore because we live in a different uh, generation because we have different needs and we are not together so that we can complete each other, but we are here because um, we already have what we need and the other person makes us feel better uh, from what we can only already give to ourselves. Uh, mm. We can be happy and the other person can make us even happier. Okay, so it's time now to, to make that explicit in your relationship mm -hmm. if that's not mm -hmm. the case. Yes, yes, yes. So that we ask for our space or we whatever need we ask. Uh, that's another problem that we're this generation is also learning, asking what they need um, instead of uh, criticizing each other, instead of rolling eyes, instead of um, making nasty comments. Um, we are now looking for more positive traits for, for in our partner uh, we're saying more thank you we're looking at what we're doing right um, we express what we need and not what we resent and what we miss we ask our partner why is this important to you uh, explain to me instead of just cutting them off and uh, just disagreeing and going to different rooms because we cannot get along mm, yeah yeah and if people don't have different rooms, if they're in a kind of a smaller uh, apartment, or uh, how how to cope then? Um, that's something that they need to agree, and that's part of the conversation that they need to have. But the most important thing is this conversation. Mm. They need to agree how we're not going to hate each other by the end of this isolation. Yeah, and how we can be in even in the same room but still respecting each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's an important one, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's an agreement that they will make. Yeah. Are there other things then in relationships so like that? Are there other tips that you have? Um, no, I think that's... that's um, the talking to each other in the spaces. Uh, that's the most important. That's the most important. And especially and not only about relationships, but everybody. Uh, being creative is very important. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need to go by the book and do, you know, only what I say here or what, you know, they have read in a magazine or they have uh, heard in the news, uh, but just be creative. Something that is unique in the way that you communicate with your partner uh, doesn't need to apply for everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just be creative with whatever, exercising, with cooking, with uh, hobbies that you have, with the way you have fun, with the way you... Um, spend your time with your hobbies yeah and, and what about with kids then because people are also at home with kids uh, you know now 24 7 as well schools are close too so are there special tips there or is it really the same applies you know talk to each other and recognize the boundaries i really feel for the parents that they are at home with their kids and uh, on top of their responsibility to still work uh, they also have another responsibility, which is the homeschooling. Yeah. So that's an extra burden for them, and I really feel for them. Um, what I would advise is that uh, try to remind yourselves, and I'm talking to the parents, that you're doing your best here. And that's not something that you're meant to do. You're not supposed to do teachers. Um, you are just, and don't feel guilty that you're not doing it good enough. Um, 
just do whatever you can. And the most important thing is that you remain the communication. It's not important that you get straight A's out of this situation. Uh, the most important is that you keep the family together and that you and the kids as well, um, they feel as less stress as possible. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good tip. Absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. Um, mm. And what about being an expat in this situation? You know, you're in a, in a strange country, a new country. Um, does that bring extra kind of psychological strains and stresses? Um, yes. And it's actually what we discussed in the beginning, that um, not only they are worrying about the situation where they are right now, but they're worrying for the people uh, that they are in their home country and they are there in this country without maybe some help or feeling that uh, hopeless feeling uh, that we cannot go and visit them if they are sick or we cannot support them. Uh, and that's something quite worrying. And I, I read a lot of people in forums that they're trying to find a, a way um, to go back in their home countries and to be with their family. And in case that they are, they, this is not possible, I can see how desperate we feel when we are not able to do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. And how, hmm. to, how to cope with that then? Um, again, technology is saving us here, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... FaceTime, yeah. Skype, Zoom, you know, as much as possible. Talk to your uh, friends, family back home. Uh, comfort them in any possible way. Of course, I know that we cannot be there, but comfort them and meet them in their worries and their fears and discuss it with them. Um, that's something that can be good enough for now. And I also hear sometimes, you know, that people are feeling hopeless and desperate and they feel that they are not doing anything. Uh, but actually, this is not true. Even staying at home, this is huge. Uh, don't ever believe that you're not contributing to this situation in a good way. We are by staying at home, by doing a Skype with our uh, parents or with our siblings. It's, it's the, 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 the most we can do and we're doing it really well. Okay. And the world will not be saved by something huge, but with these small things that we do on a daily basis. That's a great sentiment. That really is. Yeah, I think that, uh, that is important to say that, that people do need to, to listen to that advice, no matter how tough it gets, just keep uh, keep following mm. the advice to, to stay at home and stop the spread of, uh, of the virus. Um, are there any other uh, tips to keep, you know, have a good, healthy mental health regime, um, you know, now which are more important than they normally are? Um, when we finish with this discussion, I'm going to share with you some um, uh, links mm -hmm. that maybe you can put it on the description of this yeah, uh, sure. interview. Yeah, we can share um, them in the show notes. What are they? Um, first of all, they are uh, more tips how to cope with this situation, but also there are some apps that people can download and they can feel more uh, relieved. They can feel more in the present, more mindful uh, during stressful situations like that. Okay. And I think that will be uh, quite useful. Um, another thing that I would like also to mention uh, uh, is that we are tempted sometimes to look around us and see only 
bad thing happening, happening only danger, only fear. Uh, we tend to go into blaming others or to be biased towards the group of people uh, that we think that they started it or that they are not listening. Um, but that only creates more negative atmosphere. Uh, and I would suggest that we actually focus uh, also on the heroes out there. And there are people on the front lines and they're supporting us. There are people that they are offering to do delivery. There are people that they are suggesting so many beautiful things so that we can cope uh, with this isolation. So let's let's not look only on the negative side, but also on the positive side, which is out there. And that's why we're surviving up to to now. eh? And that way, that perspective can help our moral elevation as well. Okay, that's a fantastic thought to finish with. Fasir, it's been great talking to you as ever. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, stay safe and uh, keep in touch. And uh, I'll put the links uh, that you mentioned in the show notes so people can check those out as well. Um, Thank you very much. They can check out all the earlier podcasts we've talked about um, mental health before and people can check those in the feed as well. All right, uh, Vasya, talk to you next time. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. What a great sentiment there to finish uh, from uh, Vasya Sarantopoulou from antiloneliness.com. The links that she mentioned are in the show notes, so you can check those out too. Um, I'll try and produce some more podcasts in the coming weeks. If you have any ideas and suggestions, then I'd love to hear them. You can get in touch with me here in Holland at gmail.com or through the Facebook page. Just search here in Holland on Facebook and you'll find me uh, there. Um, Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, Stay safe and stay sane. Okay, thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye-bye.